This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Good morning. Welcome to the Morning Beat. Thank you so much for joining us. Michaela and I are thrilled that you're here. Thrilled to death, darling. Are you trying to turn your mic on? Oh, your other mic's broken. That's Listen, been broken for like six who months. Who are we here at Channel Q? Can we get somebody to fix that mic? I like this mic now. I like Do struggling you? to... Pull it to me every morning. Just locating your neck just to do a radio show. Absolutely. For our listeners. That's how much they mean to you. That's exactly right, honey. You mean a lot to me. And I'm going to tell you about our show really quickly, but then I want to recap the weekend, okay? Okay. Coming up in just a moment. All the stories you may have missed this weekend. We're starting off with, so what did I miss? Um, uh, a man in my home state thought he would make the uh, the frightening experience of a haunted house more realistic by bringing a real knife to the job. Stabbed a kid. We've got the what? details for you. Yep, this is real. My, Ohio is wild. Wait, did he do it on accident or he was trying uh, to make it real? We've got the details real. coming up, Michaela, in 13 minutes. This sounds right like something now. you would do, though. Like, you love scary movies. You want to live in that kind of scene. I, if somebody accidentally stabbed me. You'd like it. I would literally lay them out. I can fight. Okay. I've got long arms, Could too. you do it with a stab wound? And I'm quick. Yeah. All right. I can survive anything. Okay. I'm a survivor. All right. I've never been stabbed, though, so I don't know. I, How... I might just cry. How mm-hmm. Beyonce yeah. of you? I'd probably cry. Also, Liz Cheney, uh, opposing gay marriage for so many years, even though her sister is gay and her dad actually supports same-sex marriage, uh, Dick Cheney, former vice president, she's made an about face. Is it too little, too late? And why? Why mm. now? Uh, Liz Cheney's in the headlines for a lot of reasons. Uh, we're going to be joined by our political analyst, Samuel Garrett-Pate, for Red, White, and Q a little bit later on to talk about that and a story about uh, our community being tracked by the government, sort of. Uh, we'll explain a little bit later on in the show. Michaela, Dinah's this weekend. I mean, Dinah, the Dinah. Babe, My bad. Babe. You excited? The Dinah. I'm so excited. Listen, this is like the last summer hoorah. And all the girls and I have been in a group text. We're so excited. I'm hosting. We haven't seen each other in two years. Uh, Everyone got their swimsuits. Everyone's been like working out, getting ready. So yesterday I go into the living room because my partner Lisa is also DJing. Like she's done many years. And Lisa, like, here's a brag moment. She's kind of an icon in the lesbian world because she used to throw a huge festival called Sheetanism. And she's done these events for years. They love her. So I... uh, walked into the living room yesterday after like drinking my 17th glass of water and she's eating chocolate ice cream. And I was like, Lisa, that, that, that would be me. Yeah. I said, honey, what are you, what are you doing, babe? And she goes, what? And I go, Lisa, everyone's getting ready for a dine night and you're just sitting here eating like chocolate ice cream. And she's like, yeah. And I go, well, that's, 
that's not, are you going to prep it all? And she goes, well, can't start now. Lost all hope. So I got to show up the way I'm going to show up. Amen. And I said, well, you're going to eat ice cream? She goes, yeah, makes me skinny anyway. I go, why is that? She goes, lactose intolerant. <laughs> but Lisa's known to be like, two years ago she said, Dinah's going to get the body I bring, Dinah. Amen. They might as well put it on a shirt. Lisa Honey, doesn't give it. I'm going to tell you this. Doesn't care. This is a real moment because Lisa and I are the older two in these relationships. You and my partner, my fiance, are young and popping. We're over it. I legit went to the gym with him yesterday and we had a, like a half hour conversation afterwards. He's like, I realize that I put a lot of pressure on you to look a certain way and to be a certain way and to work out with me. And it's something that's not really on your spirit these days. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. I'm balancing a thousand things right now and I'm very proud of all of them. My priority today at age 41 is not a six pack. Yeah. Like I look good. I'm keeping my man happy. We've been together nine years. We're planning the wedding. Like I, I host a national morning show. I do a lot of other side gigs. Mm. I'm proud of myself. Yeah, but also you don't have to do any of those things. Lisa doesn't host a national morning show, but Lisa just doesn't care. I know, but I'm, but yeah, but but it's. It, I'm just making room for if people. If I were that sitting home don't. on the couch only eating chocolate ice cream all day every day, then maybe he would have something to be concerned about. But like Lisa, I'm still hustling. I'm still doing things. She's yeah. doing adult things. You know, yeah. she owns multiple properties. Like she's got it together. Yeah, I know. I just think it's iconic. I just have never met anybody I that love just that she loves they chocolate all, ice cream oh, she too. Loves it. It's, it's mine too. It's my favorite. Love I, it. Well, I said to her, "You're eating chocolate." She goes, "No, it's chocolate chocolate chip ice cream." And it, I was like, even "Lisa, better. shut up." Do you have time for one news story? Yeah, let's even do though that is quickly. sort of newsworthy, it's kind of iconic. Uh, it's a big congratulations, actually, because out pansexual actress Molly Bernard, who I went to high school with, she's been on the show multiple times. Uh, who has most recently starred in the show's Younger in Chicago Med, married her girlfriend, Hannah Lieberman, after almost two years of engagement. Uh, she made an Instagram post, Wives, perfect day, perfect party. What a surreal joy to be married to my treasure. Uh, Molly came out in 2017 in an interview with Entertainment Tonight saying it would be perfectly possible and wonderful for her to have a relationship with a woman or trans person. Uh, she has acted professionally over 20 years, but yesterday was a star-studded event as Hilary Duff is her best friend, uh, and they made it really special. So shout out to my fellow high school mate. She's uh, she's in love, and we love that for her. And let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 72 in L.A., 93 in Vegas, 91 in Kansas City, 86 in Phoenix, 72 in Buffalo, 91 in St. Louis, 95 in Cathedral City, and 95 in La Quinta, and that give us a vibe of the day. I just want to first point out, 72 in LA is my perfect, it's my It's my life. Yeah, but also, Heaven. I'm going to be honest with you, it's been so cloudy, and it's all coming from the fires. It's like smoke, my allergies are out of control right now. Okay, way to bring me down. Sorry, honey. 72 without fires would be wonderful, people. Yeah. Uh, it had long since come to my attention that people of accomplishment rarely sat back and let things happen to them. They went out and happened to things. Love I love that. that. I love that so much. Get it. Get it. All right, well, listen. One person I was so starstruck to meet was Dog the Bounty Hunter years ago. That tracks. And I was so excited. Uh, but Dog is on the hunt as he's taking on a new bounty. Find out what he's doing, and I was trying to help. Coming up next. So what did I miss? What did I miss? Here's some stories you may have missed over the weekend if you were busy enjoying your 
first days of fall with your family and friends, maybe having a pumpkin spice latte, mm. being a basic B. Be a basic B. Then don't worry, we've got you covered. All right. How about this story? Dog the Bounty Hunter. He's on the case. God, I love him. Talking about the uh, the murder case of Gabby Petito, right? Her fiance, was it her fiance, I believe? Yes. Brian Laundry, uh, his home is where Dog the Bounty Hunter showed up. He wants to help. This is this is interesting because I feel like on one hand, this could be a publicity grab, uh, could be good for a, a special he's going to do for TV or something. Yeah. But also, on the other hand, Loki, let's just find the dude. So if Dog the Bounty Hunter can do it, he's married again. He's madly in love after the loss of his wife. He's happy. He's working. Um, this is this this tracks for me. Listen, I loved Dog the Bounty Hunter, and I used to watch it all the time with Beth. Poor Beth, R.I.P. I loved her. He had a really compassionate way of catching criminals, though. But he did catch criminals. And the, the thing is, Gabby Petito is dead. And I think that whoever, like you said, wants to help find Brian, who's clearly fleeing from something that he did, needs to be caught, uh-huh. needs to be persecuted. Here's just another side thought for me. Also, also an opportunity instead of like, listen, she's dead and it's tragic. There are hundreds of Native women who have also died in that same region over the last decade who nobody has talked about. Nobody knows their names. So instead of going to try to save the poor white girl again, not that her death is not tragic because it is, let's also acknowledge that while you're out there, maybe also see what else you can find out for some of these families who aren't getting the spotlight right now. Just a thought. Yeah, I mean, listen, I totally agree with you, but I think that Gabby Petito, not saying that you're saying this because it's come up a lot, Gabby Petito's death is still important, and so are those 700 Native American women. Absolutely. And if this situation helps shed light on these women that have also been wrongly killed, then I think everything has to be open for conversation, and Mm -hmm. I think that Dog, if he wants to find Brian, and if that's a priority... I think they can live in the same place. You know what I'm saying? One doesn't have to be the other. Yeah, I, ju- I just hope that shedding light doesn't mean, okay, we feel good. We did this thing. Let's actually follow through and find out who killed all of those women and actually do something about it as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. That's my concern. Absolutely. What do you got for us? All right, well, this story is uh, it's kind of I- iconic. If you're doing a story on the Utah Jazz, you might as well go to an expert. One reporter in Salt Lake City did just that, only she did not realize what was happening until it was too late. Take a listen. Mike, Dad, you spell your first and last name. Spell it. Uh, Jordan Clarkson. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. Did you go to any jazz games? Yeah, a lot. Okay, so what's (laughs) happening here? Haley Crombleholm is interviewing uh, people just on the street about Utah Jazz, and she gets a player. Now, I'm also not familiar, so I totally understand. Mm-hmm. She interviewed player Jordan Clarkson, and he played it off really well. It ended up being very funny. To be fair, I don't know that much about sports. Did you go to a lot of games? He's like, yeah, a lot, yeah, a of, lot them. of them. Yeah, you played in them. Yeah. He played for the Lakers for a while. He yeah. was out here. It's the only reason I know who he is. But I, if, if he walked by me on the street, I wouldn't know who he is. She, so I get it. But to ask him to spell his that's name what is she iconic. Said. She tweeted. She said, had him spell his name and everything. I'm only mildly, okay, highly embarrassed. Oh, my gosh. Ah! I love it, though. For most casual sports fans, outside of LeBron... Maybe Kevin Durant, 
maybe Anthony Davis because of the eyebrow. They're not going to be James Harden. You're not going to be able to name more than maybe five to ten NBA players, to be honest. Yeah. If you don't really pay attention, I would have no idea who Jordan Clarkson is if I saw him on the street. However, one time I did interview um, Gene Simmons uh, from KISS at an Oscars party in Beverly Hills, and the entire time he tried to convince me that I was actually Joel McHale from E! Even though my mic flag literally said Fox or Hollywood Today Live or something on it, and we spent about five minutes talking, he and his son, and he could not, he wouldn't let it go. He thought I was Joel McHale punking him for a segment on The Soup. Hysterical. Even though I think The Soup had been canceled by then. Well. But he wouldn't, I was like, okay, sure, nice to meet you, bro. He was like, bye, Joel. Gene Simmons. Then he stuck his tongue out at me. Yeah, hot. You get it's a it? legendary get tongue. The, get the reference? Yeah, I know. All right. This is, this is not iconic. This is in my home state of Ohio. Problematic AF for a number of reasons. Uh, one of them being uh, this this poor mother's call to 911. Uh, let her explain what happened, and then we'll break it down. One of the workers has, is walking around with a real knife, a real, you know, Thing, and my son was sad. It's not being bad. She said it's open. Uh, the knife is very rusty and uh, doesn't look sanitary. Okay. Oh so my God! This woman's son uh, was stabbed. Her son was 11 years old and was at a haunted house in Ohio in Cuyahoga County, which is like the Cleveland area, northeast Ohio. Uh, this happened at the seven floors of Hell Haunted House, and. The guy, the worker, 22-year-old kid who got hired for seasonal work, probably work at a haunted house and live out his little fantasies, thought that the knife they gave him didn't look real enough, so he brought his own, a rusty old knife, and stabbed the kid in the foot. The kid was wearing little red Crocs. Well, first of all, that's your first mistake. There it is. Okay, listen, we're not going to go down on this guy. Yeah, how are you going to run from a chainsaw in a haunted house and Crocs? So you probably deserve to get your toe stabbed, Yeah, listen, I got Crocs. You can't run in those things. You can barely walk in them. They're like walking in boats. Are they comfortable? Yeah. But also he's 11 and he got stabbed. Yeah, that's true. In his toe, his baby toe. But come on. What was running through that guy's mind, 22 years old? I know. What what runs through any 22-year-old's mind? I mean, honestly, 22-year-olds are... He's like, we've been in a pandemic, and I'm going to give him a show. Yeah. Honestly, I, I do appreciate how committed he was to but the that's character. But that's part of what makes Haunted Houses so great, is that fear of, like, could somebody mess up and actually hurt me? That's your fear. Yeah, I kind of like that's it. That's your... Nobody... Look, nobody is excited li- about that. literally Googling tickets to Halloween Horror Nights yeah, at so Universal excited. Studios. Yeah. And I can't stop thinking about it. And I'm like, ooh, I could pay $350 to go through every one Fast Pass the entire day, the entire season. Ooh, that's fun. All right, well, coming up, it is Halloween right now, but it'll be Christmas before you know it. Christmas House 2 is making the Yuletide gay again for Hallmark, and it involves a very special person that we've had on the show. We'll discuss next. The holidays are right around the corner. This is the song that played on my grandma's keyboard year-round. You know there's that demo version you hit that demo button on yes. a keyboard, and it plays one song, yes. and you can pretend to play along with it forever. Uh-huh. This is the one song that played year-round on our keyboard, <laughs> and I love it. I love it. Uh, and the holidays are right around the corner. I'm going to tell you this, Michaela. Yesterday, um, 
my fiance and I are at the grocery store and there's a little holiday section and I started buying all these little glass pumpkins that light up. And so now we have pumpkins all over our living room. I was inspired because your entire little bungalow apartment complex area is so decked out for Halloween oh, I know. by your neighbors. Uh, but right after Halloween, we just skip Thanksgiving and go right to Christmas. Yeah. Uh, and here we are. Major, major news from a good friend of our show, uh, Jonathan Bennett. Now, he made history last year as part of uh, the first film on Hallmark to tell a gay storyline. Let's actually start with that trailer, if that's okay, Justin. I want to remind our listeners of what that movie was, Mm -hmm. and then we're going to tell you why we're reminding you. Family meeting, Pronto! Men, got a heck of a task ahead of us. Christmas waits for no man. So happy to have you boys <laughs> home. Mom! I don't remember this being so hard. Me either. You guys are selling the house? This has got second chance written all over it. Okay, well, turns out Jonathan Bennett actually has a second chance to uh, reprise that role because he's coming back, honey. I love for it! For a sequel! Yes! The Mitchell family's back. I'm excited about this. Uh, the Christmas house... You know, was Hallmark's first original Christmas movie featuring a same-sex couple. It was a big deal. Jonathan is an old friend of mine from high school, uh, and we've known each other since our days in Ohio. I used to go see him perform uh, when he was on stage at Kings Island Theme Park. It used to be owned by Paramount back in the day, and uh, he was part of like a Nickelodeon show there that was wild um, that I went and saw when we were younger. We've remained friends. He's now engaged to another friend of mine, James Vaughn, from Las Vegas. A lot of connections uh, in this room. I and he actually it. stopped by last year to talk about the impact and the importance uh, of being the first. I can only imagine what it would feel like, you know, to have younger Jonathan sitting at home with his family in Toledo, Ohio, watching a Christmas movie where, you know, two of the leads are two men who are in love and who are starting their own family. Like, it it just feels so good because representation is important. And to get to represent this storyline on Hallmark Channel in a Christmas movie, (laughs) I mean, it's an honor. It's iconic. I also will say it is very, very Hallmark to just use the same two gay characters again. Uh, Okay, I didn't want to say it. I'm trying to celebrate our friend. But, like, they use Cameron, Cameron Matheson. Bray for everything. Oh, Candace Cameron Bray, Candace but it also Cameron, Cameron Matheson too yeah. they use as well. Like it's once they find one person that fits the mold, they're in seventeen movies. Yep. So like it used to be Aunt Becky. Yeah, Lori Loughlin used to be oh, in all those movies, yeah, and, and then, then she wasn't. She'll be back. Yeah, she might. I be still back. love her. People forget Martha Stewart's just fine. She oh, went yeah, to prison she'll and came back, fine. and she's even better. Yeah, she'll she's, be fine. But uh, this is really exciting stuff. I am super excited to, to watch the Christmas house to deck those halls. I I say that we should have a super gay night. You and Lisa come over. We'll make a little din-din, bring the dogs, and we'll watch back-to-back. We'll do a double feature, Michaela. So cute. You can also, you could even make appetizers from his burned cookbook from the Mean Girls. Oh, I love that. So, so cute. I have it. So we can do just a whole a whole gay Jonathan Bennett night. Well, listen, I did not think uh, that I was going to be missing the holidays so much because I had a pretty good summer. It was really fun. But yesterday, it was like a tiny, teeny... I'm stretching here. Tiny chill. Oh, it was freezing yesterday. And I put it my like sweater on. I 70s. said, it's time for uh-huh. fall. We yep. were so excited. We snuggled up in the house. I did work yesterday uh, for a company. And then I came back and I was like, let's just get under the blankies 
We did. I'm so ready for the I holidays. I love listening to you, adult. I had to work yesterday for for a company. Oh, I did work. Well, anyways. I did. It was at like a Bitcoin company. I'm I love. Doing something for this cryptocurrency company. Ask me what it still means. I have no idea. Nobody does. Uh, and Nobody I like does. had to do two hours worth of it. No, well, I'm like, very, very, about? I'm very, very, very excited. You know, my partner and I are going down to Mexico this weekend to finalize wedding details and, and, and do tastings and pick out flatware and florals and all those things that are much easier to do in person than it is to do yeah. uh, from home. But it's going to be a quick 48-hour trip to Cancun and back for us. And then, as far as I'm concerned, the minute we get back, it's Christmas. Yeah. Even though I, I try really hard most years to like give Thanksgiving its due, and I do, do enjoy the fall season, this year, for some reason, I'm like, no, it's Christmas. It's yeah. fine. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. It just brings us so much joy. Yeah. All right. Well, coming up. Uh, Last night was the Tony Awards. Now, I've always wanted to win a Tony. Might still happen. Uh, But it was the 74th Tony Awards, and uh, it was long due after the pandemic. We'll talk all the details next. Big night last night for the world of Broadway. Michaela Gordon, what's popping? Well, it's very exciting. It's long overdue because uh, we've been in a pandemic, and that was one awards show that was taking it very seriously. Uh, The 74th Tony Awards was presented last night. Uh, Best musical, Jagged Little Pill. Love Alanis Morissette. It was the first tape I ever bought. Um, My first favorite album I can remember was Jagged Little Pill. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was Moulin Rouge, the musical. Big night for Moulin Rouge. The Tina Turner musical. Now, in the best musical, the actual winner was Moulin Rouge. Uh, And so I love that. We have a little bit of audio. Take a listen. But it's the best I can do. This one's for you. Now that's gorgeous. There was a lot of uh, exciting things happening. I know that, you know, we talk about musical theater kids a lot, and they live and breathe Broadway theater. I was just in New York uh, this past weekend for a gig, and just to see everything lit up again and life going back to normal, it was so nice. I will say, uh, we said it kind of jokingly. But uh, to have Christian Chenoweth and Idina Menzel performing a duet. From Wicked again. From Wicked. Yeah, we might <laughs> like, might want us some new material. Are they just your only star? Here's my thing. I love, 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 love Broadway. I'm obsessed with Broadway. I go to Broadway every time I go to New York. One time I took my boyfriend there to see three shows in one weekend because he'd never seen a Broadway show and I couldn't pick. So for his like 25th birthday, I took him to three shows, right? Every single time I go to New York, I try to see a Broadway show. But Broadway's cheesy. Like, it's corny. It's cheesy. Just that rendition, uh, that that audio we played at the beginning for Moulin Rouge drives me crazy. Because Moulin Rouge, to me, is one of the greatest films of all time. In its genre. It's it's stunning. It's beautiful. Ewan McGregor, Nicole Kidman, John Leguizamo, they're all iconic in that film. But then to, like, hear this version of it, I'm like, come on. Yeah. But I love Broadway. Yeah, well, I love that you love Broadway, uh, and I love that the Tony Awards are back. I do think that it's time to bring a little bit of diversity to Broadway. I love Kristen Chenoweth and Idina Menzel, but I think it's time to open the doors to other people. Now, coming up, Sam Garrett-Pate joins us to talk about a new law tracking LGBTQ data and how important it is also uh, on Liz Cheney and reversing her beliefs. We discuss next. 
Arizona's first bisexual senator could be in a lot of trouble in her home state of Arizona as the audit results have come crystal clear, uh, yet she is still struggling to figure out how to support her own community. There's a lot going on there. Michaela has the details for you in News on the Beat. Uh, speaking politics, it's a political hour here on the Morning Beat. Samuel Garrett-Pate, our expert, is talking to us about Liz Cheney's about-face on gay marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, very, very publicly, she disagreed with her father, former Vice President Dick Cheney, years ago, uh, even though her sister, very much a lesbian, uh, in a very happy relationship with her own family, uh, Liz Cheney's had some very strong, strong opinions uh, on on that over the years. Uh, but uh, she was on 60 Minutes last night, and we've got that audio for you coming up in about 15 minutes as well, and we're going to break it down. Is it too little too late is the question I want want to pose, and I want our listeners to listen to the audio and make their own decisions. Uh, Right now, though, it's time for some news on the beat. Michaela, what do you have for us? All right, Babel, the Arizona Democratic Party has reportedly voted today to adapt a resolution pledging to issue a vote of no confidence in Senator Kirsten Sinema if she does not support filibuster reform or President Joe Biden's agenda when it is bought before Congress in the coming weeks. In the motion passed by over 80% of the party, the ADP also floats the possibility of censoring cinema and withdrawing their support for her if and when she runs for her seat again in 2024. The party did not officially announce the resolution, but voting delegates of the ADP shared the news online. The ADP's motion comes along with news that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi will put three bills up for voting before the entire House of Representatives this week. The Democrats have a majority, uh, albeit narrow, in the House, and once they pass, they will move to the Senate. In the Senate, the current filibuster rules allow for bills not to pass, even if they have majority support. Uh, the resolution reads, while we want Senator Sinema to be successful, her argument that the filibuster protects the rights of minorities has become laughable in the face of Republican state legislators' actions on voting rights, public health during the pandemic, and abortion rights. In other news, uh, Pfizer will ask for authorization of its COVID-19 vaccine for children ages 5 to 11 in a matter of days bringing the U.S. one step closer to vaccinating an age group that has become increasingly vulnerable. Nearly 26% of all COVID-19 recent cases nationwide were reported in children. Meanwhile, Pfizer booster shots are a go for people 65 and older, those with a high risk of severe illness with COVID-19, and those at high risk of exposure at work. About 20 million Americans are eligible for a third shot of the Pfizer vaccine. The White House's COVID-19 coordinator said shots should be available at pharmacies, doctor's offices, and sometimes at mass vaccination sites. One other thing to consider, the booster shot recommendation is for those who got their last Pfizer dose at least six months ago. The FDA and CDC will continue to consider widening the recommendations, and Moderna has asked the FDA to consider booster doses for people who got its vaccine. Give me the booster, I'll take it. Give me that booster. Shot, 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 shot. I'll take it. All right. I'll take that. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 95 in La Quinta, 95 in Cathedral City, uh, 81 in Sacramento, 72 in Buffalo, 86 in Phoenix, 
91 in Kansas City, 95 in Palm Springs, 93 in Vegas, and a high of 72 in LA. Now give us a vibe of the day. Before we talk about the vibe of the day, let's talk about this booster shot scenario. How likely is it that people who here's the thing i feel like doesn't really do anything new granted it extends sort of the vaccination efforts of the people who've already gotten the first two you don't get the booster unless you've already been fully vaccinated so it's not like helping us get to like a new era and open things back up and like move forward in the pandemic it's really just maintaining the status quo yeah. So, like, if you didn't get the first ones, you're not going to be like, oh, wow, now that there's a booster, now I'll go get my first two shots. Yeah, that's true. It's just not going to happen. People don't think that way, and it's really frustrating to me. And as we go into the fall, I'm going to tell you, I'm excited about the holidays, and I want to enjoy them. And if I don't get to enjoy them because people just don't want to be safe, that'll make me very sad. Yeah. Because I want a full Christmas. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Here's your five of the day. It has long since come to my attention that people of accomplishment rarely set back and let things happen to them. They went out and happened to things. Yeah. Remember that meme that went around for a while and it said something like, um, uh, something like you got to weather the storm or whatever. And then I, like, I whispered back, I am the storm. Have yeah, you ever seen that yeah, one? Yeah, like, yeah. I relate to that one. I like that. You're very much the storm. I'm the storm. All right. Well, coming up in Red, White, and Q, uh, Samuel... Garrett Pate joins us on Liz Cheney and reversing her beliefs. And then later on, we talk about California's new law tracking LGBTQ data and how important it is coming up next. I was wrong. Um, I was wrong. Uh, I love my sister very much. Uh, I uh, uh, love uh, her family very much. Uh, and, uh, and, and I was wrong. It's a, it's a very personal issue. Uh, and very personal for my family. I uh, believe that my dad was right. And my sister and I have had that conversation. That is Representative Liz Cheney of uh, Wyoming last night on 60 Minutes talking about her past opposition to same-sex marriage. Uh, very famously, her, her father, former Vice President Dick Cheney, uh, came out of support of his daughter and her partner, uh, and their family. Uh, Liz Cheney, very much behind the ball. Is it too little too late? Here to break it all down is our political analyst, Samuel Garrett-Pate. Sam, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Now, you know, we always say that we want to create space for people to learn and to grow and to become better. Uh, Liz Cheney, you know, she has stood in opposition to, to Donald Trump, uh, although she's not a huge fan of Joe Biden either. Uh, she thinks he's the better choice currently. Um, but on this, this issue of same-sex marriage... Uh, is it too little too late? Are we creating space to welcome her into the family and to say better late than never? Or has the damage been done and we just can't forgive her? I think it's more complicated than that, right? Like the only way that we as a society progress is if we allow space for people to change, right? To to change their minds, Um I mean, the whole point of changing hearts and minds is not that we it's not that we just let people who are opposed to LGBTQ civil rights, um, you know, continue to be opposed while we convince people who haven't formed an opinion yet. It includes going to people who have been staunchly opposed to our civil rights and convincing them that they were wrong. And if it took her sort of disillusionment with her own party 
to choose her sister and her family over partisan politics, you know, I think it's sad that it came to that, but I'm happy that she is starting to move. In terms of is it too little, too late, I don't I don't know that I'd say that, but it's certainly too little, right? Like, mm. it's good, but it's a step. We know that marriage equality is an important uh, element of LGBTQ civil rights, but it's hardly uh, the only element or even the most important element toward achieving full lived equality. Yeah. Well, well uh, you know, Samantha Payne, I would like to say I'm uh, marrying into a family at some point when Lisa proposes uh, to <laughs> a to a family that's very Armenian, very strict, did oppose gay marriage. Uh, they are a bit older. They were not into it. And now they're literally helping Lisa prepare this ring. We've had many open conversations. I think Liz Cheney is just an example of many people's families. I think right. that 2013 was still long enough where we didn't have all of this representation. Gay marriage it wasn't, wasn't legal yet understood. at all. Yeah. And I think that this is, again, where cancel culture is problematic because Liz Cheney, unfortunately, is a lot of people's aunts, sisters, moms. And um, it's great, I think, that she's coming out and saying I was wrong. Absolutely, yeah. No, I, my point is not that we shouldn't make space for someone like her or, you know, a number of years ago is Rob Portman, the Senator, the Republican Senator from Ohio yeah, whose son yep. came out and, and, you know, he came around on marriage equality. My point is that if we demonize someone like Liz Cheney, we're never going to get them to progress even further. Yeah. So yes, we should applaud this change of heart. Um, but I think we also need to continue to help educate her and move her along on the issues, not just say, oh, well, she supports marriage equality now, so pro-equality champion Liz Cheney. Well, you know? she, like, she, yeah, it's she's interesting got because, to do. It's interesting because, speaking of pro-equality, I do want to shift gears to Chris, uh, Kirsten Cinema in just a moment, but Liz Cheney did also say in her, and we have the audio, but we're not going to play it just because we don't have a lot of time, but she did also say that she was recently at an event where uh, a, a trans woman shared with her that she doesn't feel safe oftentimes in spaces, and Liz said, you know what? That's not acceptable. Freedom means freedom for everybody. So not just, I mean, it's one thing to get on board with marriage equality. That feels almost done and dusted to some of us, right? Like we've, we've gotten the equality and now we have to fight for it. But the next, the next frontier has been trans rights. And so for her to already be on board with some trans rights, at least open to the idea, it feels like she's moving in the right direction, which is all we can ask right now. And now we need, now we need her actions. Yeah. Yeah, we need action. Essentially open to the idea. Exactly. Yes, we need yes. action. So yeah. I'd love to see her sign on as a Amen. co-sponsor of the Equality Act in the next Congress. Well, I would like, they've already passed the I would like to see, voted no. Yeah, I you would know. like to see our, our queer sister, Kirsten Cinema, uh, a senator from Arizona, I'd like to see her well, get onto the Equality Act. Apparently now, um, because her lack of support for the filibuster reform and the sort of obscene, like just outdated, irrational reasons for that... Her own party uh, is pledging to issue a vote of no confidence, possibly even taking it as far as, far as censoring her, uh, censoring her. And, and this has got eighty percent of the the party vote in Arizona. Is this a big deal? I think it's a big deal. I, I want to be clear that Kirsten Cinema does support the Equality Act. The problem is that she doesn't support, as you said, AJ, getting reforming to it. Yeah. the filibuster. The filibuster is being used by Republicans to block the Equality Act. So she supports the legislation, 
but she doesn't support the necessary reforms well, to get yeah, the but, yeah, but that's also, yeah. into law. That's but also think, like telling somebody, look, I support you getting married and go ahead and do that, live your best life, but you're behind bars right now and I don't, I'm not going to give you the key to unlock the gate. Like so, so, I, so yeah, she supports it, no, but does I, but she? I think I think that it's important that we be clear and that we appreciate that. Like, it's not as simple as you either support the equality. It's not as simple as because she doesn't support filibuster reform, she doesn't support the Equality Act. She doesn't support the reforms necessary to get the Equality Act done. But that doesn't mean. But I think it. I think we do a disservice to listeners if we say that she opposes the Equality Act because that doesn't reflect her position or her history well, yeah, uh, of yeah, service that, in Congress. And I, I hear you. I definitely hear you. That's your opinion. I think that we also do a disservice to listeners. But it's if not we, my I'll, opinion, no, AJ. No, but, no, but I, no, but she's I, voted for the Equality Act multiple times. She's a co-sponsor of the Equality Act. I hear you. Like, I know, but I, also she, you it's can. Not if, my opinion. I get it's that. Fact. I get that. But voting for something while also simultaneously holding that thing hostage, in my opinion, is not voting for that thing because I she knows. Defend her yeah. position on filibuster reform. I've been, I've been clear on this show and and elsewhere that right. I disagree with her vehemently on filibuster reform, and I think that the LGBTQ community has a big role to play in convincing her um, not just to get the Equality Act done, but to get voting rights uh, to get voting rights. Uh, done, which, you know, she's a longtime friend of, of the late Congressman John Lewis. Would love to see her uh, help reform the filibuster so we can get voting rights protected in this country. Um, I mean, racial justice, health care. There, there are so many issues uh, that we need her to get on board with reforming the filibuster to get done. My point is simply that I, it, is, it, it is not true that she doesn't support the Equality Act. And sure. I think we've got to be clear about what her position is. Well, another very big issue uh, is uh, protecting LGBTQ patients with their health care. Governor, Governor, Governor Newsom is doing something really uh, important in protecting LGBTQ patients' privacy. And we'll discuss with you coming up next. I am American. We're joined again by one of our fil- favorite favorite. I almost call him a favorite. Well, he is I, my favorite. He fillets me sometimes. Sometimes I fillet him. Uh, Samuel Garrett paid our political expert. Uh, Sam and I love to debate. We could do it all day long. We very much are on the same page when it comes to you know the things that are facing our community. It's it's sort of the I always I always say when people disagree on the same thing, it's kind of like the Malcolm X versus the Martin Luther King approach. And uh, I've been feeling a little more Malcolm X recently, and I, that would make you apparently the Martin Luther King of of of, of white well, of white would, cis gay uh, male I politics. Never, <laughs> I would okay. never presume to make that comparison. <laughs> um, I will also not concede that you've ever filleted me on this show, but uh, but we can I'll, we can move hey, on. I'll try again. I'll try again. We'll have you back many times. I'm sure we can have many more opportunities. Uh, somebody right. I'm not filleting right now is our is our governor. I know, Michaela, you're very proud of our governor right now. Uh, What's he doing? Well, there's a lot happening. Thank God he didn't get recalled. But uh, Governor Newsom is um, collecting LGBTQ violent death data under a new bill, which is really important. I feel like we talk so much about healthcare, why it's important. I think we talk about trans women uh, particularly getting killed with no answer. And, you know, I, I didn't plan on going this direction, but we're watching as 22-year-old cis white female Gabby Petito was murdered by her boyfriend and it got a lot of attention. But I've actually never seen, uh, besides like Matthew Shepard, ever get that kind of attention. It deserves it, which is why it's such a big deal. Can you talk to us about this new bill? Well, sure. And, you know, this is something that, we actually uh, worked with 
Assemblymember Evan Lowe, who um, is the chair of the Legislative LGBTQ Caucus in the California legislature, uh, worked with him on this a few years ago. Um, we got it done this time uh, with a with a different assembly member. Um, and 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 what the bill does is requires that uh, sexual orientation and gender identity data be collected for violent deaths. And we know that that's important. Because when we talk about violent deaths, we don't just mean hate crimes, murders. We also mean suicide. And we recognize that LGBTQ people are not only, um, you know, at higher risk of, of violent crime, especially um, especially trans people, trans women, um, black trans women, trans women of color. Uh, but we also know that LGBTQ people, and again, especially trans people, um, are at higher risk of suicide ideation and, and ultimately um, at times taking their own lives. And so making, you know, we've, we talked about this a lot in COVID-19 during the COVID, you know, beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, when we saw the data show that communities of color were at higher risk of not just COVID, but severe COVID. Um, we believed that the same was true for LGBTQ people, because we know that there are higher rates of various comorbidities that that put people at higher risk but we weren't collecting the data and so we know that when the lgbtq community is left out of data then we're left out of investments of of resources in in fixing problems impacting our community Um, we need data in order to prioritize resources in order to know how to fix problems Um, we have a problem in our community uh, where we face higher rates of, of hate crimes, violent crimes, um, but also of, of suicide ideation. And, and we need this information. We need this data in order to make sure that our response, both government's response, but also the response of, of nonprofit organizations like Equality California are actually targeted uh, in a way that's going to help fix this problem. Well, it's one of the reasons you and Equality California, or, you know, you came on our show so many times last year reminding people to fill out their census information. This is an extension of that. Like representation, you got to start somewhere. And and sometimes that means just letting people know that you exist uh, so that the right organizations, the right government funding can go in the right places. Also, absolutely. And and making sure that when, when, you know, a crime does happen and, and someone is killed or, or when someone takes their own life, that we, we are understanding um, the true impact uh, that, that these issues have on the LGBTQ community. So often it's left to nonprofit organizations like the Trevor Project or, or, or others to study this data and put together the, the best approximation uh, of how these issues are impacting our community. But if government is collecting the data, whether it's the census, whether it's violent death data, we get a, a clearer picture at a broader scale of, of how these issues impact our community the, yeah, and how the, to fix them. Of course. And I think one of the things that I hope is a silver lining of the COVID-19 pandemic is that, listen, suicide mental health has been an issue in our community forever, right? And it's an issue everywhere, but it, 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 it impacts our community at higher levels in a different way. And if this pandemic can get the world to have conversations about mental health and suicide, that by default will also benefit our community, a little bit of a trickle-down situation, a ripple effect, then I'm okay with that. I appreciate that Governor Newsom is specifically, specifically trying to help our community with this. He also signed uh, into uh, signed another um it was AB 439 uh, 
which allows Californians who are non-binary uh, to be identified as such on their death certificates, uh, those who are already uh, deceased. That's a big deal. And, and the amount of respect and compassion in signing something into law like that uh, is, is pretty iconic. And oftentimes, you know, we do lead the way here in California. But do you think now that he has survived this recall uh, that he's going to be even more aggressive in the way that he fights for the rights of those who maybe are being left behind in other states? I certainly do. You know, I, I look, I think uh, we see with reproductive freedom, which obviously impacts the LGBTQ community in a variety of ways, one being that LGBTQ people need abortion care, but also because the entire uh, the entire the Roe v. Wade, um, which protects the right to privacy, the constitutional right to privacy, and therefore the right to, to have a, access abortion care, is also the constitutional foundation for all of LGBTQ civil rights. So, um, you know, the threat to Roe v. Wade is really important to our community, too. Uh, I think we need a it, we need a champion like Governor Newsom out there using the, the bully pulpit of the governorship. Um, not just to advance equality, uh, reproductive freedom here in California, but also to lead the rest of the country. That's something that that we are very proud of at Equality California is that we're able to pass laws like the ones you know we've just been talking about, um, both of which Equality California strongly supported, sponsored. Um, you know, th- this is important not just for Californians, which there are 40 million people, largest LGBTQ community in the country, but also it's important because. We've seen throughout the last two decades when California leads the way on LGBTQ issues, the rest of the country starts to follow. Mm. Uh, we saw that with with protecting LGBTQ youth from conversion therapy. You know, I, I, I we've seen it with um, allowing non-binary people to to have um, identification and, and and documents that reflect their gender identity. You know, I I hope that we will continue to see that um, on on LGBTQ civil rights on abortion access on on climate change on all these issues where california can lead the re- the way absolutely. and the rest of the country can follow absolutely sam you're great thank you as always we've run out of time but we appreciate thank you joining you. us for red white and q now coming up the view co-hosts cleared to return after testing positive only last week we've got those details and what's popping next Welcome back to The Morning Beat. It's time for another round of What's Poppin'? The queen of all things pop culture, Michaela Gordon, has got you covered in just a moment. But first, I'm the king of What's Potting? Podcast. I was making what? a podcast joke right there. We're a podcast, Michaela. We're also a podcast. Yes, So if you can't listen to us in real time, you can download the podcast, podcast, at odyssey.com. Download the Odyssey app. You can listen to The Morning Beat anywhere you take your mobile device. You are, in fact, popping, though, Michaela. Uh, and so is this story. What do you got? All right. Well, so Friday we did a What's Pop, and it was breaking news yep. that two of the co-hosts of The View were rushed off stage right before their interview with Kamala was Harris. Sonny and Anna, Anna Navarro? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Let's take a listen. Since this is going to be a major news story any minute now, yeah. what happened is that uh, Sonny and Anna both apparently tested positive for COVID. No matter how hard we try, uh, these things happen. They probably have a breakthrough case, and they'll be okay, I'm sure, because they're both vaccinated up the wazoo. You know, a lot yeah. of vaccines. Right, up the so wazoo. Up the wazoo. <laughs> but also, we talked about how devastating that must be for these two women in their career because they wanted to be able to interview Kamala Harris. But then it was kind of weird because it was still a remote interview, so it's not like they were going to meet her in person anyway. Well, I think that changed last minute. She was there. 
Like Kamala Kamala was supposed to, yes, and I think they adapted Mm. in in real time to keep her safe. She's the vice president. Obviously. Well, listen, she could have stayed safe. Uh, stayed safe because Sonny and Anna have actually been cleared to return to the table at The View after false positive COVID-19 tests forced them off uh, air on Friday. Now, here's the thing. It's one thing to test positive and then be devastated that you can't interview Kamala Harris. It is another thing to actually have it be a False. Negative, yes. a false positive. It's got to be so frustrating. So frustrating. I would be so upset. Well, I also, I, this is the crazy thing about science, technology. This is why conspiracy theories exist. There will be conspiracy theories about why the day the vice president of the United States is supposed to be on this female chat fest, that all of a sudden there was positive, uh, one of the Republicans, Anna Navarro, test positive, and then couldn't interview her. And then all of a sudden, oh, just kidding, she's negative. And that's also why people don't trust COVID information sometimes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, 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 yeah. Listen, I, I te- I've tested negative 30 times, right? But if I were to test positive and then negative right away, I'd be like, okay, what's real? Like, yeah. what's actually accurate? Yeah. I get it, but also I frustrating. I get it, too. I, listen, I understand wanting to take all healthy, healthy, healthy uh, safety measures, but I would be pretty bummed out, too. These shows are real, They're, real serious. Well, and Sonny and Anna have been in the game for a very yep. long time. These aren't like new hosts. Nope. They are seasoned, seasoned veterans, veterans yep. that deserve that interview. Sure they did, and so they'll, just, get it, they'll, they'll get, get it, it again, again when they she's will. our president in a few years. Yep. But, um, yeah, look, I was just asked to come back to the Wendy Williams show. We have to be fully vaccinated and get tested now, which is an upgrade from last year. And then also my partner starts, uh, he is going to be Emil Ennis Jr. on The Real. He's doing his first taping Amen. tomorrow, season three of, uh, of that show for him. And he had to go to Burbank yesterday and get tested for Tuesday's show. It's just a lot of hoops to jump through right yeah, now. Yeah, it is. All right, well, coming up in our next hour, Billy Eichner is back in the news. He's literally my most favorite comedian, and it's not because he's been blocked by Carrie Underwood on Twitter. It's for better reasons, like how he's making a historic gay rom-com. We're going to discuss why it's so important coming up. Coming up this hour, uh, one of Michaela Gordon's favorite human beings, Billy Eichner, uh, doing something really fantastic yeah. An all-queer cast for um, a new project he's putting together, a rom-com. Is it a publicity stunt? Or is this just awesome? Okay, but we would seriously be friends with him. And um, at this time, I'm going to ask, I don't know. Do you know, though, that... (laughs) I don't know if I should say this on air. What? Get yourself into trouble right now. Trouble. Be a bad girl. Okay, so when we first started this show with a different host, that host reached out to Billy Eichner. Uh-huh. And he said, Justin, do you remember this? I do. He said, um, basically invited him to go on to come on the show that our that the old co-host was on, Jay Rodriguez. And he said, I will never, <laughs> ever go on your show. Whoa, whoa. That was Billy Ecker, that was Billy's response? <laughs> but it was, it was his people's most... response. I don't know if it was actually Billy's. It, no, it was Billy's response. Why? It was Billy's response. He said, I will never, ever go on your show. <laughs> Thank you, Jay. And that was the end. I thought that was That's the most awful. iconic okay, response. Okay, but like, listen. Because if you know him, yeah. it could have also gone many ways. Because don't you remember that audio clip most recently where he's interviewing that woman? And then the woman goes, oh, what is this? Some little online thing and he goes uh no this is like some little tv thing bitch like that's how he yes, talks yes yes like he's insane but also and- when you're that crazy like billy eichner is you can get away with saying the most hurtful things ever 
in a way that's like kind of iconic. He's wild. Like yeah. I'm never going to go. I, like hell will freeze over before I go on your show. Yeah, he did. Uh, so now that we have a new host, do you think we? Can no, I'm not him? reaching out. I can't. My ego can't handle that. I will say that I've DM'd him multiple times. I've also commented on his page, which he's commented back, and he's also liked all my comments so you guys that are I've besties ever made. Now. He won't give me a follow back. Well, that, I'm obsessed with him. That's the hard part. Listen, reaching out to celebrities, even if they are your friends, is so difficult. Yeah. It's just awkward. They're busy. You take it personal. Like, a, a good example, your best friend, Todrick, sometimes he responds like that, and I got him. And he's like, yep, what do you need? Anything you need. Sometimes he acts like I don't exist. And I've known Nothing. him for seven or eight years. And so it, it just really depends. But also... I'm not even at that level, and I don't respond to people sometimes. And then I'll go to text them six months later to ask them something or say, hey, let's get together and realize, oh, you asked me to do a thing six months ago, and I've ignored you this whole time. I'm the a-hole. Yeah. So, But Billy Eichner is an a-hole, and we love him for it. So that's why my messages go unread? I don't even know. I have your number blocked, Justin. (laughs) I literally only want to hear your voice or hear from you when I'm inside the studio. When I leave here, I don't want to know who you are. It's over. I'll be at your wedding in a couple weeks, yada, 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 fine, whatever. But besides that, Justin... And in that news, it's time for News on the Beat. Let's talk That's about hurtful. weddings. Let's talk about friends getting married. Yes! It's a big deal. Outpan sexual actress Molly Bard... Molly Bard? Molly Bird. <laughs> Valerie Bertinelli. Valerie Bertinelli got married. No, no Molly Bernard uh, got married over the weekend. She's been on our show. We also went to high school together. Uh, she has most recently starred in the show's Younger in Chicago Med. Married her girlfriend, Hannah Lieberman, after almost two years of engagement. Wives, perfect day, perfect party. Molly Bernard wrote on Instagram, what a surreal joy to be married to my treasure. Now, Molly Bernard, 33, first came out in 2017 in an interview with Entertainment Tonight saying it would be perfectly possible and wonderful for her to have a relationship with a woman or trans person. She said, I've always felt this way, but now it's part of the conversation. We can talk about it. There's language for it. Uh, Now, you may have remembered seeing her in her first film, Pay It Forward, but she was also in Transparent and now has a reoccurring role on NBC drama Chicago Med. Maybe we'll try to get her on the show. Uh, But her wife now, Hannah Lieberman, is a criminal attorney and youth advocate that has worked with the Bronx Defenders program. So they're a real major power couple. They were engaged for two years, like many planned on getting married before the pandemic. I thought I'd be married a year ago. Listen, uh, yeah, I know, a lot of people. But it's happy to, it's nice to see people getting married now. Yeah. You know, after all this time. I guess I'm doing like a year and a half engagement. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think yours is perfectly on time. Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. It's kind of fun being a fiance. Like, we don't want to rush it. Like, let's enjoy this season of our relationship. My friend told me her favorite time being married was being a fiancé. It's sexy. There's Mm -hmm. something sexy about this as my fiancé. Because, like, how often in your life are you going to speak French? Like, after this point. (laughs) Fiancé, fiancé. It's the only... Shut up. There's a couple other French terms you can use. That's it. Not how many times are you going to speak French in your life? Listen, it's either this or me asking for a cup of French onion soup at a restaurant. That just doesn't have the same ring to it. So (laughs) this feels fancy to me. Baguette? I mean, what what am I... Wee wee? I do that every morning when I wake up. (laughs) 
Menage a trois. Menage a trois. Okay. Yeah, but I don't do those, we Justin. Don't do I'm this. monogamous. Yeah, I'm too jealous. Please. Let's get into some weather. High 72 in LA, 93 in Vegas, 95 in Palm Springs, 86 in Phoenix, 82 in Atlanta, 72 in Buffalo, 91 in St. Louis, 95 in Cathedral City, and 95 in La Quinta. Fine, fine, fine. I've had a couple of menage a trois. Okay, fine. Okay. A couple. Okay. Just a couple. A throuple. A few. All right. I've had a few of them. You want to give us a vibe, pervert? Uh, sure, sure, I can do that now. Menage a what, Justin? Never, never mind. Menage a sank. What does that what even that? mean, Justin? This is why I don't. This is why I don't re- respond to your text don't, messages don't you or phone know calls. Don't you know numbers? One, un, deux, trois, No, wow, Justin. Justin, I barely learned enough French to get through La Vie and Rose. I last literally week. just told you, fiance is the only French word I know, and you think I want to know how to count in French? Pull it together, Justin. Pull it together, put your, Justin. Put your mask. Put your mask back up. Good Here's your Lord. vibe of the day. It had long since come to my attention that people of accomplishment rarely sat back and let things happen to them. They went out and happened to things. Go out and happen to things. You know who said that? Who? Leonardo da Vinci. Oh, whoa. A couple years ago. (laughs) I think he was presenting at the 71st Tony Awards uh three or four years ago and said that on stage, I believe. Uh I could be wrong. I don't know. No, I think you're right. Was that a 2013? Is he Italian? He is Italian. Wow, you related? He's not French. Definitely um, not French. Michaela da Vinci, Goldfarb. I don't know how to French kiss. You free later? <laughs> no. No, you don't know what French kiss me? Is your mom? She's a great, great kisser. <laughs> Taught me everything I know. Oh my God. Well, no more about that joke. Go ahead and get my book, Flipping the Script. <laughs> Turn these microphones Available off now. now on Amazon. Come on, Billy Eichner. That is the worst intro you ever could have chosen to I, represent Billy Eichner, Justin. I know. We, there are so many There's iconic nothing videos. nothing funny about that, Justin. <laughs> Would there, you prefer this? Come on. Is there a curse word in it? Funny. Be careful. No curse words, Justin. Get ready to hit that button that does that thing when we make a mistake on the show. Because it's radio. Hey guys, it's Billy. You know, there are so many questions on our minds these days. Will our country always be this divided? Are our civil rights once again at stake? Will the United States continue to alienate our closest allies? Will our president be convicted of a crime? So we're about to hit the streets to ask New Yorkers when they think Emma Stone will join Instagram. Are you ready, Emma Stone? I'm ready. Let's Come go. on! That's more iconic, Justin. Listen to me. Pull it together. Billy Eichner. There is not like one person that I belly laugh out loud, but he's so insane. So iconic. He's so iconic. And what he's doing right now is even more iconic. Uh, and this was on, uh, this is from his uh, Twitter account just the other day. Uh, said, this is the best thing ever. I could not possibly be more excited to tell you the entire main cast for my rom-com bros will be all openly LGBTQ plus actors. Yes, even in the straight roles. This is a first for a major studio film. Let's make history. Every single character will be played by queer actors. Yes. That's incredible. Yes. And listen, we asked the question, is it progress or is this is this problematic? Is this a stunt move? Guess what? Who cares? Because Who cares? Because you know how many movies and how many sitcoms over the years have been made with completely straight actors, mm-hmm. oftentimes cis straight white actors, and nobody's ever questioned a thing. A thousand percent, you're but, absolutely right. But those million moms are going to be mad. They're going to be they're going to be so cares? ticked off. But who cares? It's going to be amazing. Not only I think is this um, movie going to be beyond. It's not only is Billy Eichner doing something historic by bringing on an all gay cast. He's literally not all gay one of the, even. I, no, well. Queer, queer, all, queer, the queer. umbrella, the That's, entire yes, community. Yes, yes, yes. 
But he's also quite truly one of the funniest people I've ever watched Ever. And yeah. so you know it's going to be great. Oh, Judd Apatow is producing Yes, it. this is universal. This We're is talking, going this to is be a, iconic. This is a major, major production. And it's. I just... Things like this. And I also love that the title is Bros. Because here's the thing. You know me. And I can't stand... If there's one thing I cannot stand, it's the word bro. I, I hate it. I can't stand it when straight guys use it. But I even can't stand it even more... When gay guys use it. And I'm always like, don't bro me. It's such a... To me, when somebody says bro to me, it because it can come across many, many ways. It can be very familial and very, like, whatever. You can be, like, talking to a friend. But also, bro can sound very much like, bless your heart. It can be very condescending. Yeah. And I think that that's, it's triggering for me, and it sounds douchey. I just don't like it, especially when gay, gay guys say it. I'm like, don't, let's not, let's stop trying to be uber masculine and trying to be like straight guys. Yeah. Let's just be whatever it is that we are, because sometimes it doesn't feel authentic when gay guys say it to me. Yeah. I'm like, get it. We, I, listen, I like sports too. I like things that are traditionally masculine and straight, whatever. But the fact that he's using bros as the title of the film makes me so happy. It does to me too. Also, lesbians do that too. Uh, they call each other bro. So, What's up, bro? Hey, bro. So strange. Bros. And I'm like, because don't call me bro. It's part of the patriarchy. We're all trying to like, like conform to how cis straight men have communicated forever. Honey, let's find our own way. Absolutely. Honey. 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 Hey, honey. Hey, honey. Okay, well, also, just for reference, do we have any more Billy Eichner audio that I asked you to pull? But also, speaking of hey, honey, you know who's in this? Who? The Simone. I know. So it's a great cast. T.S. Madison. Yep. It's going to be at Miss Lawrence. Uh, iconic. Take a listen, however, <clears throat> to Billy Eichner. This is how he got his start and uh, what makes him so funny. I know the video is going to be hilarious. For a dollar, who would you rather have sex with, Charlize Theron or Anne Hathaway? Neither one. I'm gay. Oh, God. <laughs> too bad. That's <laughs> too bad. There's another one where he says, for a dollar, name any any movie. And this guy goes, Radio Shack. And Billy's like, yeah. Wait, what? That's not a movie. I know. I'm like, you can't name a single movie in the whole world? I know. He does this other video that Lisa sends me probably once a week where he's interviewing this woman on the street. And she goes, oh, what is this? Some little internet thing? And he goes, no, it's like a little TV thing, bitch. Love and it. It's so funny. Here's what I think could happen. If they do this right, and this is why it's such a big deal that Judd Apatow and Universal see value in this and they want to they want to like really invest in it. I hope what happens is that we break that stigma and that sort of belief system that queer actors can't play straight also yes. and that this will open up the door for more of these because like like Bridesmaids really opened up the door for a lot of female driven comedies and we saw a lot more of those after that movie did so well you know you see you see a show like Empire on TV and then all of a sudden Black Panther does so well in the box office and now we're seeing a lot more black driven sh- like films and TV shows and not just like the tropes of like racism and and slavery they're actually just telling stories human stories now so if this does if they get this right that's a lot of pressure but if they get this right we we might not be talking about sequels to a hallmark you know gay-led storyline from jonathan bennett season two three four five or you know whatever many sequels they do over hallmark we might just get new creative content yes and that's incredible and love I, would it. Love I love, that it. love, so love much. Billy Eichner. I do too. I love him. I'm so excited. Did you guys ever try? You guys tried to get him on the show once, right? And then we did try to got, get him yeah, on the okay, show, no, and, it didn't and they go well. said no. I just want to bring that I'll back up again. Never. I'll never. I mean, never. That, to me, it wasn't my email. It was somebody else that, uh, that very, emailed him. It's very on brand. 
Very on brand. Yeah. No, I'll never do your job. Okay, uh, <laughs> speaking of very on brand, rage quitting a job. If Billy Eichner doesn't want to do it, he's not going to. But there's many like Billy. People are sharing their iconic rage quit moments. And wow, it's a lot. We'll talk, we'll talk next. I thought I remembered you saying that you wanted to express yourself. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, I do. I do want to express myself. Okay? Then I don't need 37 pieces of flair to do it. All right? There's my flair. Okay? And this is me expressing myself. I hate this job. I hate this goddamn job and I don't need it. Oh, honey, Jennifer Aniston, Office Space. Oh, it's we can so relate. Iconic. We can re- oh, wait, we're on the air, aren't we, right now? We're live. Our boss can hear us. We're live. I honey. love, love what I do all day, every day. I love the hours. I appreciate this. Thank you so much, Odyssey and Channel Q. You think I covered myself? Yeah, I do. It's not awkward, is it? It's, no, it's totally cool. Let's talk about the time I rage quit its job. Oh my God. Wait, you have? Yeah, I have. So we're going to do another round of rage quitting jobs. We've talked about this before. And, and one thing the pandemic has taught us is that you shouldn't do things that don't fulfill you and make you happy anymore in your life. Those days are dead, done, and dusted, God. right? And as benefits are, you know, uh, unemployment benefits are, are ending across the country for so many people these last few weeks and months, uh, in some places, uh, People are saying, why aren't why aren't people coming back to jobs? Why don't people want to go, you know, work in a restaurant anymore? Why do they not want to to do this anymore? And and I think it's because they've realized it's not worth my time. Well, listen, we want to hear from you, our listeners. So write this down. Call 833-77-CALL-Q. That's 833-772-2557. I'll tell you, yeah, I did rage quit. if you have a story quit. of rage quitting, we want to hear it. Please call us or DM us at Weird Channel Q. We'll read it live on air. Um, I was in a position where I had to get a job. And it had to uh, pay a certain amount, whatever. So I got this job. I've told this story on air before, but I was working for a suit store at the Beverly Hills Hotel. (laughs) I love this. And Fancy hotel. Fancy hotel. You're a fancy guy. I was a fancy guy, and I learned how to like help people with their suits, whatever. And the guy that ran it was such a misogynistic a-hole. He was the worst. The worst. But I needed the job. You know when you need the job, you have to keep the job. So he insulted me so many times. One time he was in the middle of yelling at me, and his phone started going off. And he goes, who is Amber? And I was like, I think it's an Amber alert. And he was like, ah, and just walked out. <laughs> but the Some way that I quit. poor child is missing. Yeah, he was mad. Okay, got it. He'd rather yell at me. But he brought this girl in to interview her, and I was sitting there. And he was underpaying me, and I knew he was. And I knew he was offering her more. And um, he interviewed her, and she was very pretty, and he, he was very into that. And so when she left, I said, oh, are you going to offer her this amount? And he goes, well, yeah, she was on The Bachelorette. And I was like, well, I mean, to be fair, I was on American Idol. And he goes, don't care. Uh. I was so mad. Then proceeds to tell me about these celebrities that he wanted to hire to sing at his event that he wanted me to help throw. Uh -uh. And I said, well, I'll sing. And he said, not you. (gasps) And I walked out of there and I called him and I said, I'm never coming back to this stupid job again. Oh, you left and then called him after you were out? Yeah, I did. Okay, so you were kind of scared still? I was a bit scared. He was very problematic. The accent alone terrified me. I was terrified. Mostly just your interpretation of it. Thank you. Well, that's what it was. One person shared this story from this article I found. Uh, I nearly quit over 26 cents in fast food. I was teaching someone, taking an order and making the food at the same time. I accidentally applied a wrong coupon that was 26 cents off. My manager told me I had to pay that. 
And I said, I'm going to keep making this drink because that's what I want to do. But if you make me pay that 26 cents while I'm busting my A up here, I'm walking out. That's the kind of that's the kind of rage quitting threat I would make. Because here, I'll work really, really, really hard. If if you are making me do something that doesn't make any sense whatsoever, I'm I'm done. I'm done. If, A you, can't thousand ex- if you can't explain to me why your logic for whatever busy work or some stupid rule that's mundane and pointless you're applying to me. If you can't explain to me why it makes sense, I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. On the flip side, though, my first job at the Cheesecake Factory, my first time I worked there, my very first day, I spilled strawberry lemonades all over this girl, all over her clothing, all over her shopping that she just bought, her purse, everything. And the Cheesecake Factory, not only did they not reprimand me, They paid for everything and said, hey, you're learning. It's okay. And they were totally supportive of me, which made me a better employee. I worked much harder because they respected me. But these people aren't having it. This one... Oh, you got one? I got a really good one. This is the loyal coworker. Yes. So my boss yelled at my coworker for something he did not do, made him cry on the sales floor. So I went up to my boss, I yelled in his face, got sent home, and never came back. Found out later that everyone in the department quit after they found out how we got treated. Yes. The entire team quit. Love that. Yep. Love that. I was 18 years old and asked for a week off in two weeks. They said no. I said, okay, I quit. My last day will be in two weeks. Not a meltdown quit, but I really needed that time off. That's one I've done before. Yeah. I had a job all through high school, and about a week or two before I went away to college, I was like, hey, I, I really just want to like cut down my hours, and I would still like to come back on the weekends and maybe keep employment and whatever, and they're like, absolutely not. We need you on the schedule full time. I'm like, huh? You're I'm like, getting no. ready to go away to college. I, I want to enjoy my last week or two of summer, so I just straight up stopped going in. Yeah. I still have the firing slip. My friend framed it for you me. You do? It was like one of those little carbon copy notepads that they write out to like an yes. entire... They wrote it at the front desk at this at this fitness club I worked at. And my friend worked the front desk and she, Laura Caney, I love her to death. She took that, she framed it and she made a whole like decorative frame about it. And she wrote somewhere on there five fifteen an hour because that's how much money I made at the time. I love it. It's hilarious. That's so funny. I'll bring it in sometime show you. I would love to see it. All right, well, coming up in What's Poppin', Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt have finally been able to settle their assets, but Angelina Jolie is apparently also uh, taking on a new man. Hmm? Rumors are swirling, and we've got the details next. It's almost time for another round of What's Poppin', but I'm going to tell you something else that's popping in the desert. I'm super excited. If you're a tennis fan, you should be too. Channel Q has a chance for one winner and a guest to win a pair of Prime Lodge seats. Watch the best in pro tennis at the BNP Paribas Open this October 17th or 7th at the Indian Wells Tennis Garden Center. You can join some of the biggest stars in tennis like Daniel Medvedev, Novak Djokovic, and so many more. It's a great opportunity for our SoCal or Palm Springs family who love tennis like I do. I'm obsessed. Head on over to wearechannelq.com right now for your chance to win. You must be 21 years of age or older and have proof of full vaccination for entry to the event. They call Indian Wells the fifth Grand Slam. It's literally every single year voted everybody's favorite stop on the entire tour in the world of tennis. It's incredible. Go to wearechannelqrightnow.com uh, uh, for your chance to win. It's going to be totally worth your time. Uh, Michaela Gordon, though, uh, this is a really uh, spicy story. What's popping? Okay, so this is interesting. Now, Angelina Jolie has sort of popped back out into the public. We didn't really hear that much after her and Brad split. There were moments where we thought Brad and Jen were going to get back together. But Angelina Jolie was at dinner this weekend in L.A., 
and she spent it with the weekend. Now the difference of Wait, age. This weekend. This weekend. The weekend. The weekend. Whoa. She's 46. He's 31. Uh, they spent two and a half hours inside a private section of a luxurious family-run Italian restaurant. Uh, now they did make sure to arrive separately. Uh, but she had no problem walking out with him. Uh, Angelina then hopped into the back seat of the Oscar-nominated songwriter's waiting black SUV, and they drove to his seventy million dollar Bel Air mansion. Wait, wait, seventy? Seventy million dollars. He's making that kind of money. He's got that kind of money. Yeah, I mean, he's 70? a writer. He's a Seven songwriter. Zero. Mm-hmm. Yes. Whoa. Now. They could be together. They also could be collabing. He's brilliant. And I think that they both have really big, great, brilliant minds. I could see them collabing. I could see them being together. Well, Justin just wrote, reminded us that he headlined the Super Bowl halftime show, but they don't. They also don't get paid for that. Yeah, though. that's not where his money but would they, come from. But they make money off of the exposure of it, so that's probably where, that's how they kind of get away with not paying those artists. Yeah, but also being an artist in 2021 is so different than it was in the 80s with all the social media yeah. with getting paid from TikTok to TikTok music. How wild is that though? Because here's the thing. If you're a young guy like The weekend, you know, Angelina, she's what you said, 46 now? Yeah. She's still she's still in her prime. She's there. Yes, she um, is. But you're a young guy like that though. You can bag a lady like that. Angelina Jolie is on everybody's like top five list. And there's she, not and she has one been for 15 years. A thousand percent, and she still looks gorgeous. Not to speak about women that way, and I know that's terrible, but also like as well, a straight she, you know guy. What? She was, but here's why: not only was she very beautiful, she was very uh, powerful and, and sensual, she was really and like, sensual. Yeah, yeah she owned her femininity mm-hmm. while still having this masculinity. She was genius, a phenomenal actress. She and, made out with her brother on a red carpet. <laughs> Remember that one? You made out with your mom. I, she taught me how to make out. She's such a good friend. If you don't kisser. get that joke, do get his book. It's a joke. Listen, I love Angelina Jolie. Speaking of everyone crushing on Angelina Jolie, I cannot wait to go to the Dinah this weekend. Every lesbian there wishes Angelina Jolie was there. Maybe she'll show up. What if she did? You would lose your mind. I would lose my mind. What if Angelina Jolie walks in with Ruby Rose... Uh, on one arm, and uh, now I'm, uh, I'm trying to get Lisa to propose. I don't care about these what's people. What's the other one's name? Mil- oh, uh, you know who? Ashlyn Harris. Ashlyn Harris, and then Michelle Rodriguez. They all just walked in, in the cr- as a crew. What would you and Lisa do? I w- we'd make out, me and Lisa. I'd say, Sadie, Sadie, married lady, don't try to tempt me. I've been in therapy, honey. I'm trying to do right and get married. <laughs> get away from me. All right, coming up, are these women standing up for the community, or are they isolating us? We'll have this conversation next. Welcome back to the morning. We have a fantastic final hour uh, coming up for you. Um, And we're going to be talking uh, lesbians. (laughs) Why not? Because Michaela's here and the Dinah is this weekend. Uh, We're also going to be talking uh, with Samuel Garrett Pate uh, for our segment Red, White, and Q, which we love. Michaela loves nothing more than talking about politics. This time we're talking about Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney. Too little, too late. She supports our community now. Where was she a decade ago? It's just a little too late, a little too... No, I'm just kidding. Sam's I love that Sam's going to share his song. unique perspective on that as well. So I stick have around a unique for that perspective as well. You sure do. 
You sure yeah. do. And I don't know if I agree with you. And I don't know if I agree with you. It is what it is. It is what it is. Right now, though, it's time for news <laughs> on the beat. Um, some breaking news that uh, just sort of happened recently. Uh, not too breaking. It happened over the weekend or, or late last week, but we haven't covered it yet. And it does deserve our attention uh, over in Switzerland. Switzerland. Well, cheers rang out. Hugs were exchanged and rainbow colored flags waved overhead across Switzerland as the Swiss resoundingly voted to allow same-sex couples to marry. Final results of a nationwide referendum showed Sunday. Official results showed the measure passed with 64.1% of the vote, while more than half of all voters approved in each of Switzerland's 26 cantons or states. The vote, years in the making, is set to bring the Alpine nation into line with many others in Western Europe and wraps up an often tense campaign between rival sides. This is a very, very big deal. Switzerland has a population of 8.5 million people, is traditionally conservative, and only extended the right to vote to all women in the country in 19. 19- 90. This is so interesting. Wait, 1990? Yeah, that's so weird. And only in 2007 did they authorize same-sex civil partnerships. Hmm. Um, I thought that they were so much more ahead of the curve than that. Well, 64% of the country supported this, so maybe they should have had this vote a few years ago. I probably would have passed then, too. Yeah, that's interesting. All right, another news. The Arizona Democratic Party's reportedly voted today to adapt a resolution pledging to issue a vote of no confidence in Senator Kirsten in cinema if she does not support filibuster reform or President Joe Biden's agenda when it is bought before Congress in the coming weeks. In the motion passed by over 80% of the party, the ADP also floats the possibility of censoring cinema and withdrawing their support for her if and when she runs for her seat again in 2024. The party did not officially announce the resolution, but voting delegates of the ADP shared the news online. The ADP's motion comes along with news that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi will put three bills up for voting before the entire House of Representatives this week. The Democrats have a majority, uh, albeit narrow, in the House, and once they pass, they'll move to the Senate. In the Senate, the current filibuster rules allow for bills not to pass, even if they have majority support. Uh, the resolution reads, while we want Senator Cinema to be successful, her argument that the filibuster protects the rights of minorities has become laughable in the face of Republican state legislators' actions on voting rights, public health during the pandemic, and abortion rights. We are going to have a long conversation with Samuel Garrett-Pate this hour, so make sure you're tuning in. Now, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of... 95 in Cathedral City, 95 in La Quinta, 91 in St. Louis, 81 in Baltimore, 86 in Phoenix, 91 in Kansas City, 95 in Palm Springs, 93 in Vegas, and 73 in L.A. Now give us a vibe of the day. You ready for it? Ready, babe. I've got it for you. Let's go. It had long since come to my attention that people of accomplishment rarely sat back and let things happen to them. You want to know what they did, Michaela? Tell me. They went out and happened to things. Yes. You're a thing that happens to things. Yeah, I am a thing that happens to things. Like you really are. You're kind of like, listen, this is what I'm going to do. Figure it out or get the F out of my way <laughs> since you were 16. Yeah. It's kind of kind of what you do. Yeah, it's kind of a thing. Listen, I'm, I'm here for it. Thank you very much. How many times am I going to tell you listen in one morning? I like it. Listen. 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 As, if you have, as if you have another option. I don't. I have to listen. You literally have a headset on your ears. <laughs> I'm in your brain. So, it's good true. luck. I like it. 
All right, coming up, queer women are calling out straight people who frequent gay bars on TikTok. Let's talk about why I think this is brilliant coming up next. All right, so this story is really fascinating to me because it's a conversation we've had within our community for years now as we see uh, a lot of our gay bars sort of disappearing. If you've gone to the Abbey any time in the last decade, uh, they, they, at one point they banned bachelorette parties because we almost became like a sideshow to straight people, right? They come to the gay bars to see the straights. Um, the Abbey's also gotten into trouble with some of their straight bartenders, uh, literally being alleged of of drugging people who come in there, right? Yeah. A lot of straightness going on at the bars. Mm -hmm. Not quite the safe havens they once were Mm -hmm. for some. Some people see it as a good thing. Some people see it not so much. Well, a couple girls on TikTok, apparently, Michaela Gordon, which is sort of your neck of the woods, you and your 1.7 million followers. Hey, now. um, They're very upset. Yeah, this is a really, this is a very interesting story, and I agree with the girls. So, Eliza and Sophia... Went on TikTok. I love both of those names, and, by the way. I know, so fabulous. And Eliza's uh, laying on her bed, lip syncing to Julia Michaels' song, What a Time. And in the captions, she writes, Last night, I asked five different girls if they were gay at a gay club, and every one of them were straight at a gay club. I give up. She captioned the post, they took our style and now they are taking our clubs. Anyway, I went home alone, LOL. So the video, the video immediately had a huge reaction. 185,000 likes, 11,000 comments. 11,000 comments? Now comments video, are a lot harder to get. Yes, it is. Wow. Because it became a debate. So women then said, well, if we can't be there, where, where else are we supposed to go? We deserve a safe space, too. Many straight women were commenting, well, we want to go there because we feel safe around other women, whereas we don't feel safe going to the straight clubs with other men. Now, I see both sides. Yeah, okay? that, I, that actually does make sense to me, too, it now. It does I'm like, oh, totally yeah. make sense. But now as a queer woman, as a lesbian woman... Here's why it's problematic that these straight girls are going into specific lesbian clubs. Because it's already very difficult for lesbian women to find other lesbian women. Then you get there and you can go into this club knowing that you can flirt. You can hit on these women. You're not going to be looked at as weird. Also, I will say one thing that Lisa always said. um, You know, straight girls, although adorable oftentimes I've looked at lesbian women as like an experiment. They're like, ooh, yeah, I've always wanted to like kiss a girl before. Whereas lesbian women are like, no, we're not just going to kiss and like try it out. Like I'm a lesbian. And so it does create this riff for lesbian women. There's already not a lot of space for queer women. And I think that although I understand these straight women wanting to go somewhere where they feel good, I mean, then create your own parties, like girls only, you know, because I think that, yeah, it's true. Even if you look at West Hollywood, you go into the Abbey, most of those women are not lesbian women. Most of those women are still straight women, and it doesn't leave a lot of options for gay women. Yeah, this one's an interesting story because my ex was the GM of the Abbey for many years, long ago, and I spent a lot of time there. And this is when it was really starting to shift and change, and the the crowd, the dynamic was changing. And I, I have a hard time with this one because I've also oftentimes said to the the queer male community, gay guys, I'm like, listen, like if we want to be equal, isn't this what we wanted? We all want to be together because, for me, I hear that, and also at the same time, I'm kind of like, don't we? 
because me personally, one of my battles I've struggled with for so many years, and my partner as well, is that we always want the world to see us as, listen, there's so many things about us that are fascinating and interesting besides our sexuality. And as gay men, I feel like also in a different way than lesbian women, we all oftentimes get hypersexualized by those around us, by straight people in particular. They supersexualize us. And so I, I go to gay bars generally just for the fun of it to meet people and have fun. I don't care what their orientation is. I'm not yes, going there to hook up. Yes, but we have the up. privilege of being in relationships Ab- for many, many years. Absolutely. I'm, but I've never been one to go try to pick up guys at bars. I did. I don't know I tried how. to go to truck stop, yeah. and they thought I was a straight girl, and they would not give yeah. me the time of day, and that was so hard for me. And listen, I am a woman. I am a queer woman. The problem that we're also not talking about is straight women can go Anywhere. There's sure. many, many, many clubs. Sure. If they don't feel safe, let's redirect the conversation as to why. And it usually goes back to men. And it's something that we always talk about on this mm-hmm. show. Men and the misogyny of it all. Yeah. Having said that and standing up for my straight cis female friends, there does need to be a safe space for lesbian, non-binary and trans women. And that's just it. Period. Because I know that feeling of wanting to hit on somebody. I was, uh, years ago, I I was talking with this girl and she, I felt so gross afterwards. She was like, I've never been with the girl. I mean, I you, like you could go on me, but like I wouldn't go on you. And I was like, is that what you think that is? Like that's, yeah. it's like, like it's, it's, I get both sides, but I'm going to side with the TikTokers. I think that if these women want a safe space, these straight women create it. And it's so much easier for you to create it. Mm-hmm. It's so difficult for women in general. Yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting conversation. All right. Coming and don't up. Don't go to Dinah this weekend. You better go to Dinah this weekend. Oh, or do. My bad. Yeah, no, we want. You're invited there, honey. We want them to go to a whole oh, the weekend. Straight girls. Yeah. Oh, the straight girls. Oh, yeah. No, don't you go. Well, a whole weekend. You could turn a couple of them. I'm sure. This, very easily too. Three, four days. 2021. 2021 is a different year, honey. <laughs> These women are sick of men. They're like, we'll just stay with our own. Men are sick of men. Men are. <laughs> That's true. All right, coming up, we're joined with Samuel Garrett Pate as we discuss Liz Cheney and her reversing her beliefs. Coming up next. Tell me something good. This isn't good. This is great, Michaela Gordon. Yes, honey. Thanks to crews wrapping trees in fire-resistant yeah. materials and closely monitoring them, uh, the giant forest at Sequoia National Park has gone unharmed. This technology is wild. You know, this wildfire has been burning for nearly two weeks uh, up north. Uh, and the ancient huge trees of Sequoia National Park's giant forest are unharmed as of right now. Uh, and there are no damage to any of the trees. I Have you ever been up there and seen the trees? I've I, not. Oh, my goodness. I can't even tell you how gorgeous they are, how majestic they are in person. Mm. Just unbelievable. There was one that was so big that years ago, uh, they cut a hole through it. You could drive a car through it. These things are massive. Oh, my God. There was another one also that had been cut down a long time ago. You can't cut them down anymore, really. But there's a stump that you can go stand on. And the stump is like a stage. They've created, like, in the park, you can sit there and, like, literally go up and on stage. I think I have a picture of myself. Oh, on I'm one. so going. You know, I love stage. It, that's all you heard. I'm talking about I nature. I love being and on stage. And you hear an opportunity to be more famous and to perform. <laughs> You're going to perform at my wedding. I can't should wait. I, should I put a stump out there for you to stand on? Yeah. Can we? Can we just bring a stump? Yeah. Don't even say why. You're just going to you're 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 show up with your own little apple box. Yeah. Which is what they put short girls on on, yeah. on, on camera. I come prepared. To make them taller. Uh-huh. You're iconic. Yeah, thank you so much. My little sequoia. You know, 
My Please little, introduce me. My little sequoia. My little sequoia. Don't even say my name. Just introducing little sequoia. Well, the giant forest contains over 2,000 sequoias, so keeping even just one of them safe is incredible because that's not a lot. That's not a huge number. No, it's not. Uh, okay, this story is amazing. I, first of all, played soccer for such a long time, um, and I love the sport, but these players can really make such a big difference, especially for their fans. And Roger Bennett tweeted out, incredible, Fulham players climb into crowd to celebrate goal with 13-year-old fan Rice Porter, who has cerebral palsy and suffered savage online abuse after posting footage of himself playing football. Beautiful moment of empathy and human kindness. This is amazing. Um, I think it's really, really special that these athletes all ran over at the end to Rice, hugged him, made him feel like a cool guy, and uh, really made him feel so special and important. I love how you could not give a flying F about anything sports-related until it gets to soccer. You love your soccer Oh, I love soccer. It's because I understand the sport, and I played it. (laughs) And it feels like sometimes for me, but, you know, I also played softball, and I hated that. Well, there's also the whole lesbian thing of the whole, like, there's a lot of lesbians in softball, too. Yeah, but I don't know any that I have a crush on. Can I tell you this? Um, my mom used to always say to me when she was afraid of gay people before I came out and changed her heart and her mind, right? She used to always tell me tell me that there was a little softball team, uh, like a traveling softball team in my hometown called the Salina Suns. And they always tried to recruit my mom because she did play softball for many years. She's a bad athlete. She was so good. And she said, I think they were just trying to make me a lesbian oh god you already trying, are a lesbian they're trying to recruit me to be a lesbian I'm like my mom in another life totally could be a lesbian and if my yeah. mom decided one day to like tell me she's like i'm leaving your dad after 30 years or whatever and i have a girlfriend i wouldn't be completely shocked like i love her to death do you, okay do you want to make up a plan just discreetly but i also love my stepdad a lot so i hope it never happens at your wedding do you want me to put a move on her and feel the vibe out i think you'd have a better chance with my younger sister but you can go for kathy Okay, so I'm going for Mackenzie. She has a boyfriend, though, but I mean, interesting. It's possible. She's young. She's of that generation. Yes, they, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, we'll think about that. Uh, well, as always, thank you for listening to our show. Uh, Tell Me Something Good is such a sweet moment, and it reminds me to let you know that if you pass McDonald's today, make sure you stop by for a McCafe pumpkin spice latte. Mm. Just $2. So delicious. Prices do vary, but uh feels cozy and warm. It's the season. It's in Tis the 70s the in LA. It's like fall. Ooh, have a great rest <laughs> of your day. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.
Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app.